Oh yeah, you know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the Three and One Podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Pivot himself, International Ian Lamont Morgan. Bonjour. Comment ça va? Good evening, everybody. And currently residing in Columbus, Ohio, by way of Cincinnati, but he still roots for the home team. Give it up for Keith Turner Jr. Is Trump still the president or are we just, you know, well, never mind. All right. What's up, everybody? (laughs) (laughs) And here in the capital city, by way of several other places, they call me the Black Algero. My name is Malcolm. (laughs) Keith, to answer your question. Unfortunately, he is still our president yes, until, he the is. End, yeah. until the end of January. I mean, but we yeah. are anxiously awaiting. I mean, he's never been our president for the real eviction. <laughs> we are we are really excited about the future eviction. Yes, we are. That he's doing everything in his power to try to you know. Anyways, that's we're, we're not on a political <laughs> podcast. What's up, sports fans, gentlemen? How are y'all doing today? Man, you know it's been a long day, but you know we get to talk about sports. And, uh, yeah, you know, um, see what interesting takes Ian will have today after last week in our backup quarterback debacle of an argument. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Here we go again. Blacko was looking way better than anything I've seen from Anderson, Riakis, Dalton. Wow. But it's all good. No, nah, I'm good, man. I'm over here uh, uh, pushing through. Little long sleep, man. I die. I frequent as an insomniac like three days a week. So here I am. But I'm feeling revitalized mm. as we get to press in with my good brother. Yeesh, you, know, you know how we do it. You know how we do it. Well, a lot of things to talk about. We're going to talk about some of the top NFL games. We didn't have our live show last week, so we got a couple games that we want to highlight today. We're going to talk about some of the uh, developments in college football, including some crazy crazy cancellations um and then we're going to talk a little bit of nba draft believe it or not the nba draft is next week seriously so we got to talk about it now crazy so can we also make sure that we hit on these major league baseball awards man you know what that will be after the uh after 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 i mute mute all the mics you can go ahead and just go off off. i did see justin bieber won the cy young is that right justin bieber Uh, justin bieber listen the Indians are out here cleaning up. <laughs> Too bad they're cleaning up so bad that they're going to let go of everybody. Let go That's your everybody. Yeah. every baseball update. Cleveland right. trucks. That is that. our Cleveland insider. We'll hear some more from our Cleveland insider a little later in the show. But let's start off with the NFL action. The big game that ended up not being so big. Oh God! <laughs> the, <laughs> the Saints embarrassing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. Um, guys. <laughs> This is the second time that they've played. Yep. Tampa Bay will now go into the rest of the season 0-2 against New Orleans. Yep. Um, what did we learn in this game? Uh, I mean, first of all, Tom Brady threw three interceptions, yeah. and that is just not a you know common stat line you see from Tom Brady. Um in New Orleans defense, I, I don't know if like the Lord came and like <laughs> spoke something to them in that locker room, but they looked the best that they've looked all year and probably last year too in one game. I mean, they were 
They were everywhere. Um, they shut down the run. Ronald Jones finished with nine yards. They finished with eight total yards rushing. Only five rushes the whole the whole game. Exactly. Five <laughs> rushes, eight yards. Tom Brady threw the ball 38 times, which means they did not have the ball a whole lot because, again, he turned the ball over a lot. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. Again, they're still working. And, of course, you bring in Antonio Brown. Is he, you know, the curse of the team? We don't know. Mm. But it was really awful. Um, they did not look this bad the last time they played. So I don't, again, I don't know what happened. You know, maybe Drew Brees was like saved in the locker room after he said his stupid remarks in the offseason. Maybe they brought in, you know, someone to lay some hands. I don't know, guys. It was just bad. It maybe, was terrible to maybe watch. Maybe Antonio Brown is the curse. <laughs> Take it down the team from the inside. Gosh, leave, man. It was so bad. I told you. Just put some traction by addition. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> man, I think, uh, I think for me, the big takeaway was, um, you know, the question was, which one of these 40-some-year-old quarterbacks really, really needed um, that star wide receiver the most? Of course, yeah. you know, Brady's already got Mike Evans. But I think uh, Drew getting Michael Thomas back proved to be a lot more impactful than Tom Brady getting AB. And he didn't even have that great of a game, you know, but his, his presence no, there was great. His presence yep. made a huge difference, exactly. Yep. Just knowing that you have a guy that's that dependable, um, honestly, I mean, you, I can't take anything away from him. Drew Brees has been elite for a lot of years, uh, for making a lot of guys' careers last a lot longer, um, talking about receivers. And so if at this point he needs, like, a lot of elderly, he needs a cane that he can rely on and he needs a Michael Thomas so that he can feel sturdy, um, then you can't take it away from him. But he looks like a different quarterback when Michael Thomas is on the field. Um, and so it's interesting. Tampa Bay, I don't think they'll continue looking this bad, bad but yeah. I do think New Orleans will keep looking better and better. Um, as that defense, whew, that defense definitely showed up. Uh, they made a statement with this game. And like Malcolm said, them being 2-0 and against Tampa Bay, it has, it means a lot as we headed into, into these, um, these, these games that become more and more meaningful and shaping up the playoff picture. Yeah. I mean, we had really been hyping up this Tampa Bay defense. Yep. They had some really good performances. Really good. And they were starting to look like maybe they were going to be a, a dominant defense. And then mm-hmm. this game exploded all of that. I mean, New Orleans just exposed yeah. them. And then you can't – it's hard to recover from three three turnovers. Yep. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good yeah. your team is. Three turnovers is a killer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their offense never really got going. You know, one of the, one of the INTs from Brady just really looked like him and – uh, Antonio Brown just weren't on the same page, yep. and that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, he's yep. you know he's yep. fresh in. You know, but still, it was still bad. Yeah, and, I mean, he and, and Antonio Brown for having not played for as long as he's played had three catches for thirty one yards. Yep. So it's a decent game for a start out. Um, but like I said in yep. the last podcast, this was not going to be the the big Antonio Brown game. He's going to yep. need some time to get get that chemistry. You yep. know, they've they've had he's had good work with Scotty Miller. Uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and now Gronk also getting kind of into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had some good chemistry, so break, bringing in a new guy is tough in yeah. that environment. But yeah. I mean, this this is a it's, it's going to be a really big black mark for them going into the playoffs, especially if they have to play the Saints again. The Saints yeah. know that they have their number at this point. Yeah. Um. So yeah. you got to look at you know kind of look at yourselves in the mirror after a game like this and say, all right, are we going to let this spiral? Or are we going to re- respond from this and get better i tell you this much if the defense is this good the rest of the year the saints are my favorite to get to the super bowl mm. out of the nfc 
No question. Just because yeah. the yeah. offense at some point, they've got weapons. They've got Kamara. They've got – they added Jared Cook yeah. as a solid tight end. Um, they got Emmanuel Sanders with Michael Thomas. You know, they've got weapons. And at some point, even if they have an off offensive game, they'll be able to get the ball in the end zone. So if that defense is yeah. – I mean, even 75% of what they just were, they'll be my favorite just because, you know, that's that was some good defense they played. I mean, here they are at six and two, and they just keep like keep they don't play anybody else above five hundred for the rest of the year except for Kansas City, which that will be so, a great matchup. I mean, you're already you're already sitting there at six and two. I mean, I I you could very well see them thirteen and three yeah. uh, this year. So yep, and it's, it's yeah, poor Brady, they'll bounce back. It's whatever. Well, one thing that we all know is it's very difficult to beat one team three times in the same year. So that would be the one thing I would be concerned about if I was the Saints. If they had to play the Buccaneers again, it would probably be in New Orleans. But, you know, there's no home crowd, you know, so Brady could sit back there and potentially, you know, pick some things apart. So that'll be interesting. Potentially. I I think I'd be more worried about the Bucs on that third trip. Yeah. yeah. They've gotten progressively, progressively worse each time they played. So I don't know what's left. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I think you know the Bucks as we as at least I've talked about most of the year. They're going to get better as the year goes on. Yeah, um, this is obviously yeah. a huge setback, and Brady can't play like that again. No, he cannot. <laughs> he can't have a game like that. But I, I don't know if I expect him to have another game like like that, um, especially with the weapons they have now. But it's going to be an adjustment trying to get all, get all these guys on the same page. Um, let's talk about this shootout. Between the Dolphins and the Cardinals, so good. Two of the great, well, one of the great and one of the one rookie quarterback. We're still trying to learn more about. Yeah, um, but Tua versus Kyler, um, really good finish to this game. Yep, Keith, you were one of the ones hyping up this game uh, yep. last week. Yep. So what did you see? Well, it lived up to the hype. That's for sure. Um, I mean, two good quarterbacks who just made play after play. Um, it was amazing to watch. Um, I think. Arizona, you know, really had some bad play calling toward the end of the game. Um, and I really put that one on the coach. Um, they were going for it on fourth down, like almost the entire game. Mm. Then they decide to kick a long field goal, miss it. They give Tua the ball back and Tua just, you know, takes his crew down the field. You know, I saw a lot from Tua, the way he was bouncing off tackles, the way he was, you know, extending plays with his feet, making good throws. Um, it was fun to watch, y'all. Miami is going to be really good. They're already solid right now, thankfully, because they paid some money to get, you know, some upgrades on defense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if Miami just had a very, very good one running back, a number one running back that was really good, they would be really scary right now. Um, so, yeah, Miami's going to be that game that people are going to have to circle the rest of the year. Uh, because they've got a lot of talent. They've got good defense. I like their head coach. He's black, so of course I'm going to root for him. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a really, really solid game. I enjoyed watching it. It was a very good game. You know what? It's like a great actors. You know, you, you want to see like them in different movies mm. playing different roles. And the thing that really hooks you is when the same actor can transform and be you know, one movie he's, uh, uh, like a nanny, and he's and he's watching kids and chasing them like the Rock. You know what was the the Tooth Fairy movie? And then the next movie, 
you know, he's he's the rock. He's in walk what is it, walking tall and those type of things. Like, you know, we wanna see smooth transitions. Mm-hmm. I was looking at too and I was like, yo, this dude is smooth. He was like I, at, at at a lot of points during the game I forgot he was a rookie. And I think if you're if you're sitting in that front office, you got to one, be kind of I don't want to say breathing a sigh of relief, but the criticism's over <laughs> about them sitting this mm-hmm. Like that's that's done. But man, two's out here. I mean, just things that you look for in veteran QBs. He was doing passer rating 122, uh, completed yeah. passes to seven different receivers. Like yeah, he took three sacks, but like if, if that's what I'm getting out of my rookie QB, um, and he leads us to a dub, I'm taking it. I'm taking it, and I'm feeling really good about it. So, yeah, Miami's looking good. I, it was a just purely enjoyable game. There's not a whole lot more to say. The future is right in, in Miami if they, if they make the right moves and surround two with the right weapon. And neither of them threw an interception either. Yeah. You know, that's really solid. Now, Kyler did have a fumble that he lost, but both of them, for them to have the accuracy that they, you know, uh, played with, no interceptions, only one turnover, from two young quarterbacks, that's really solid. Really solid. Yeah, man. I didn't get a chance to watch this game, but look at the box score. I would have assumed Arizona won. <laughs> Looking at uh, Kyle Air with the game that he had mm-hmm. passing and running, he yeah. led the team in rushing yeah. Yeah. Um, in did. the game. They outgained this team pretty handily. Um, but that one turnover in a game this tight, those turnovers are the things that, that can really hurt you. Yep. Um, I mean, it's these these two guys, you know, obviously have really big potential to be the best, some of the best quarterbacks in the league moving forward. So let's do a quick survey. Yep. If you're building a team, who do you want, Kyler or Tua? Ooh, Kyler. I mean, I, I just on sample size alone, I, I gotta go, Kyler. Um. Oh man, I I want to say Tua because I think he has a stronger arm. Um, but I just love the way that Kyler is able to become. You know, I'm going to just take Tua, actually, because <laughs> here's the reason why I'm going to take Tua. Who's pivoting now? Yeah, I know, right? The, the reason I'm going to take Tua is because at some point, Kyler's going to have to, you know, sit in the pocket and make very good throws um, if he's going to win big games. And I think Tua may do that a little bit better. And besides, you're talking about starting a franchise. I don't want my quarterback taking that many hits, you know, going forward. with Like, he carries the ball a whole lot. So, I love him, though. He's on my fantasy team. Thank you so much, Kyler. I appreciate all your hard work. But if I was starting franchise right now, I think I'd probably want the better arm, which I think is with Tua. I like Kyler. Uh, Tua still has injury concerns. That's true. Um, That's true. I'm not. We're not sure if, if he's going to be able to hold up over the long haul. Kyler, I think he has all the physical tools you want in a quarterback, including the mobility. Yes, for um, sure. And and to his to his to to in his own right is a good athlete. Yeah. But Kyler Murray is that next level athlete for sure. That you can't. That's something you can't coach. That's something you can't teach. You just have it or you don't. And yeah. Kyler has it. Um, I've seen Kyler force a few bad throws, though, yeah. to where, you know, he. I think he'll probably have more turnovers mm-hmm. uh, than Tua probably will. Um, and that's another reason why I probably would have taken Tua. But that's, I mean, that's a tough choice, Malcolm. Mm-hmm. You put us on the spot. That's a tough choice, honestly. Yeah. I mean, they're both they're both uh, in this group of young quarterbacks, including Lamar Jackson, including Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yep. Um, these guys that are going to be a part of the league. And then this next draft class is going to add to that. This group of really good young quarterbacks. So, and you just named four black uh, quarterbacks. I did that on purpose. And, in the and Dak. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Well, and Dak. Yeah. Dak. 
Throw and, Deshaun uh, Watson in there. Yep. I Gosh, mean, we got we got some quarterbacks. Can we get Deshaun Watson yeah. some help, or can we just? I mean, Please. I traded him. I traded him Julio Jones and Madden. You know, <laughs> that doesn't help us now. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, Deshaun, Lord Jesus, I pray for you, Deshaun. You need some, you need some weapons. Deshaun is going to develop a drug problem in Houston if he doesn't get some help. <laughs> I just don't understand why they didn't take you know one of those main guys. They had to never mind. Oh, you know, yeah, never mind. Trash. That's yep. why. Yeah. They have to end up trading JJ Watt. JJ Watt wants to wants out of Houston so bad. And then did you hear this other news come out? I'm sorry, we're. This is not on the rundown. They fired their PR person. Yep. Who's the first, only woman in the NFL to have that <laughs> position. And there's, from all indications, she's like beloved everywhere in the league. Oh, yep. And then they put out this weird statement that it was a, it's not a culture fit anymore. Oh. Poor Houston. God. Poor Houston. That is a trash of an organization that's, right yeah, now. Definitely a dumpster fire. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get warmed up. JJ Watts out here talking about, I thought I was going to get traded. I can't believe I'm still here. Deshaun Watson's like, I'm glad you said it because I can't. <laughs> I don't know why I'm still here. Deshaun, you fired a PR person, right? They're the issue. Could you just imagine Deshaun on you know a better team? Like, oh my god, yo, the Browns will take them. I mean, the, the Cowboys would take them right oh now. My at this point. Forty ers Forty ers We're on the phone. Who do you want? Mm-hmm. Yo, I would. Okay, no, we're going on the tangent. I would trade, and this might sound crazy. It, I Especially know if it's Nick going Chubb to. was healthy, I would trade OBJ and Kareem Hunt if you give me Deshaun Watson. Both? Yes. Oh, bro. Then you don't have a running game. Like, I mean, Nick Chubb. Uh, he, he said both. He said both of them. I thought, oh, you're trading both no, Nick no, no, Chubb? No, no, no. no, he said no, OBJ no. and Kareem Hunt. Oh, OBJ and Kareem Hunt. Oh, I thought you said yeah, Chubb yeah, and Hunt. Yeah. I was like, both backs? Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, no. Okay. All right, you said Kareem Hunt. Well, now you're gonna have OBJ have a drug problem because he's gonna be in Houston playing with nobody. Baker Mayfield, because <laughs> <No. laughs> you're gonna have to give up Baker if you going if you gonna oh, get yeah. Deshaun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baker could definitely go too. I don't know. I don't know why they would do that. I don't know why Houston would do that. Absolutely not. Absolutely, they would not. But they would. Although I would love to see OBJ get traded to Houston next year. If y'all, that if would, y'all are, that would be that would very be fun. That would be very, very fun. Y'all are dealing with them. I like that one. Or trade them to us. We take them. Of course you guys would. I'd <laughs> love to take them. Definitely would. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk off the air. Let's let's see if we can get that going. Uh, <laughs> we'll send y'all AJ good. Green. You know, Malcolm. There no, you go. See, we want somebody Ooh. who's not AJ Green. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> not for what y'all want for him. Adriel Jeremiah. Uh, he's about to be. Okay, we'll sign him. You don't need to work with y'all on the trade. <laughs> All right, so NFL games to watch this week. Mm. Who wants to start? You know what? I'm taking a. Ooh, it was tough. But I was taking, I'm taking Seahawks. Got to take that. She was shaping up um, out there. I think uh, Russ and that running game is is really intriguing to me. DJ Dallas did a decent job. I think they're supposed to get Carson and Hyde back. But uh, you keep asking Russ to go out and make magic, and, and I'm wondering if what we if what we're we seeing from uh, Jared Goff has silently been playing solid. Mm-hmm. Like he's quietly been playing some okay ball, and so I want—I really want to see what the Rams shape up to do. But uh, I'll keep my eye on that one. Mm. Malcolm, I'm gonna go actually with Thursday night game: Colts Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, Solid game. You know, Titans. Well, let's look at the Colts. The Colts have been inconsistent, but that defense has been solid all year long. Yeah, except this past week. Except for this past week. <laughs> but 
say it's against the it's against the Ravens. It's the Ravens, it's yeah. The Ravens. Um, so I think this will be one of those. I think it'll be kind of like an old school punch you in the mouth kind of game. Um, you know, yeah. Derrick Henry gonna be smashing up against that uh that Colts defense. Yeah. Um, still don't know what they have in Phillip Rivers at all. Still have no idea what <laughs> he was so bad this past week. Um, oh my goodness! So yeah, I'm, 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 I want to see Tennessee as we get closer to closer to playoff time. Mm-hmm. If they can start hitting on all cylinders um, and put themselves in a good position come playoff time. Yeah, my my game. I'm shocked that neither of you said it. Um, is Bills Cardinals? Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, again, two young quarterbacks that's about to go at it. Uh, the Cardinals coming off a tough loss. The Bills, you know, finally, you know, remembered how to play football again this past <laughs> week and beat a, a good Seattle team. So um, this one's going to be fun. I'm really looking at Kyler and, and the Cardinals to bounce back. Um, but Josh Allen, you know, he, he gets Stephon Diggs as a new number one. And it's just, it's been good thus far. It's opened up Cole Beasley and some other targets. And if the Bills can just get solid numbers from Singletary, um, in Moss, every game they're going to be tough to beat too. Yeah, I think the Bills need they need these games too. They got a really tough road ahead, yeah, or a really physical road. Arizona, well, Chargers aren't that tough, but they're not that tough. No, um, they're not. <laughs> the Niners have been, you know what? Nope. Malcolm, nope. I got to hand it to your Niners. They have been playing. Yeah, they they that team has toughness, man. We're playing hard, they it's not really very good right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, look at they have the Chargers. That's a winnable game. They have the Bills. That's I mean, the 49ers. That's a winnable game. But then they have Pittsburgh. That's going to be the tough one. Mm-hmm. And they got the Broncos, Patriots, and then they end with the Dolphins. So honestly, many of these games are winnable, honestly, other than, you know, the Dolphins is going to be tough. Uh, the Steelers will be tough. Uh, and then the Cardinals, yeah. those three. But. The other three or four are definitely winnable for Buffalo. I mean, you can never sleep on the Patriots. I, I guess my thing is they don't have, have a week where they can, whew, let's uh, maybe the Chargers, but that's the only week where you can you can feel super confident. <laughs> I'm already asleep on the Patriots. You mentioned Patriots. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. I almost lost to the terrible Jets this past Monday night. Um, that was a good game. I hear. I didn't even watch it. I was like, oh, I don't. It was actually a good game. I actually started watching because I'm supporting. It was a Cam. very good game. I'm supporting Cam. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel bad for Cam. You know, just... he was throwing to people I've never even heard of. Unfortunately, <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. I was like, who? Hey. Who is that? <laughs> hey, can I tell you? I just woke up again. Were you still talking about the Patriots? <laughs> I have a. Uh... Actually, I got I got news, man. My one hot take for the week. Oh God! Oh, wait a minute! I've wait a minute! To... Oh, that was not the right sound effect. <clears throat> Crap! Yo, oh, uh, here we go. All right, we're, when we're, it comes, I got Cincinnati beating Pittsburgh, giving them their first loss this week. Whoa. Whoa, that is a hot take. That is a hot take, actually. And it didn't come from the Bengal fan. It did not. Keith does not believe. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> nope, not you believe, yet. You don't believe in your we believe Bengals? I, I love Joe Burrow, but I just don't think. I think that defense is going to do too much and uh, put them in position. Joe Burrow may make a, a rookie mistake or two. Can't do that against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. You know, yeah. But and Ian. Let me, let me amaze you with the logic as to why. I'm listening. Oh, God, here we go. I'm listening. Here we go. I don't have it. <laughs> I just have a feeling. I'm going with my gut, guys. All right. I, um, I, I, I ain't mad at you it. Know, in my prayers here lately, that, that's what I've been encouraged to do. So here I am. I think going for it. I think they'll get Joe Mixon back this week. And I think um, now 
yeah, yeah. I I I know I use the term trap game, you know, fairly <laughs> frequently, but I do think Pittsburgh might overlook this uh, 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 Cincinnati team that if they turn Joe Burrow loose, mm-hmm. uh, a couple plays here and there. But um, now, if yeah, they don't have Big sense, Ben, I will agree thing. with you. If it's Mason Rudolph, right? If it's Mason Rudolph, we got a shot. That's for sure. Um, you know, and it would be great to beat the Steelers, give them their first loss. Um, but if it's Big Ben, you know, and he's healthy, well, I mean, he's, you know, 80, 90%, um, and all that, you know, I think it's going to be tough for us. I think it will be a decent game, though. I think uh, Ian stole his take from somebody on ESPN, but we'll just. Because I, <laughs> I, I, I literally heard the same tech or the first take this morning. Interesting. Hmm. Are you serious? Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but somebody called that take. And I, I, I looked at the screen the same way I looked at you when you said it. I hope you all are not on your good Brian Karn, uh, you know, ministries uh, impersonations. I hope, mm-hmm. I hope uh, you I all actually have a Brian. I have a Brian Carr shot up for later. Oh, no. Oh, no. Here we go. All right. So while we're here, let's go ahead and do the obligatory fantasy football update. Hey, guys. Again. You know who still has the Black Adam Schefter Award? (laughs) Yours truly. I have lost only one week this. uh, And, you know, that one week, Ian was pretty lucky. Um, So, you know, looking forward to again defending my crown this week. I have some pretty good matchups. So, So, uh, guys, you know, hey. It's all right. Do we have a boo shot on the <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Hey, guys, it's all right, you know. Ian, you know, if, if you made some other moves, you may be – never mind, you know. Yeah, let's not let's not do a deep dive in Ian's. <laughs> it is a rough week for Ian. He had Tyreek Hill sitting yeah. on the bench with 33 points. Kyler Murray. I mean, uh, it's tough. He, he does have, you know, two good quarterbacks. <laughs> you know, but, hey. But I'm not. I'm just if I get one, I'll be happy. I didn't want to do this anyway, so it's fine. This is exactly I'm tired come on, Malcolm. Come on, y'all do this. I told y'all I'm just doing this for the for content. That's it. It is good content. It and, is great content, and you pay attention more hold so on, to on, what's on. going on on other games. Of course, of course, the guy who keeps winning was exactly, exactly. <laughs> Listen, I love fantasy football even when I don't win. It's just something else. You know, my Bengals normally are not very good, so it's something else to look forward to. You know, I did win one one year. You know, it's like when it's like when rich people are like, being rich isn't everything. You know, it's it's so hard for me. <laughs> oh, you know, no. it's the worst thing that ever happened to me. Okay, let me live that life then, please. Gosh, Malcolm, please. Come on, man. He basically said that fantasy football is his version of the Sims. Like, oh my god, <laughs> get to live vicariously through it's all good, man. It is so fun. I am asking that As we rename the award, by the way, from the Black Adam Shafter or something else. I don't know what it is. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know until you come up with something. That's what it is. I don't know. I got we gotta think of something. <laughs> I want something more I historical. Thinking, uh, Who's yeah. a historical <laughs> football insider? Historical football Could insider. Be the black- no, no, no. I don't want to be the Black Go ahead. No, no, no. What was it? No, no, no. I almost jumped right on out there. Let's call it the Black League Horse Award. Oh. <laughs> right. Oh, God. We'll, we'll think about it some more. So let's talk about some college football. We had two big games against um, teams in the top 10. Let's talk about Clemson Notre Dame. Yep. Notre Dame pulls it out. They did. It, but it took overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, two. I'll start off. Talking about this one, I actually came away from this game really impressed with Clemson, um, what they were able, still able to do offensively, even without ETN really having a big game on the ground. Yep, they really were able to move the ball, um, and their quarterback they've got a, they've got another really good quarterback. Yep, 
coming right behind Trevor Lawrence, which which almost seems unfair <laughs> when you get Trevor Lawrence and then you get the next guy who's ready. He seems really ready to go right now. But I came away really yeah. impressed with uh, Notre Dame's defense being able to really control ETN and not get any really any production from the running game. Um, but DJ Uyangalele really impressed me. Just what he could do athletically. He could, he kind of does the Patrick Mahomes things with yeah, the arm angles. He does. Um, he's got the mobility, the arm strength, all those things. Uh, but Notre Dame, I think just the defense was key. Um, and, you know, the experience of players like Ian Book coming down the stretch, I think really helped them. Yeah. Yeah. In the words of, uh, in the words of Brian Carr. I missed it. <laughs> I definitely thought I definitely thought that Notre Dame was going to just a leg at some key point in the game. And uh, to be fair, you know, yeah, they did. Uh, with about three minutes, uh, a little over three minutes left, um, gave up that touchdown. Yep, uh, to Clemson to Travis Atien. But what did they do? They came back. I have to give them their credit. Uh, scored that touchdown with under thirty seconds left. Um, Clemson hit first in overtime. Notre Dame came right back, uh, and then took it in the second overtime. So, Ian, Mr. Book, my namesake, uh, he looked promising. Uh, I, I did not realize how elusive and, and how creative he got in the pocket. Um, but that was, that was something that, you know, it's, it's definitely something to see. He didn't always produce big plays from it. Yeah. But that's definitely something that you like to see. He showed a good ability throwing the ball, uh, different areas of the field. And so that was really my first focus look. Um, but even when they failed, Kyron Williams, I mean, to the rescue, he looked like a stud. Um, Three touchdowns, my goodness. Yeah, man. And opened the game with a 65-yarder. Um, right, right. Um, and then, you know, as impressive as that is the two, um, you know, basically goal, goal line touchdowns uh, that ultimately sealed the game. Well, kept mm-hmm. them in the game and then sealed it. So um, it's always good to see when you got dual, you got speed, um, you can get to the edge, but then also – uh, when it's time to bruise, you can bruise. So, I, I, hey, it's all all around good wins to Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, you guys said it all, honestly. Um, Ian Book did not turn the ball over. He had, you know, what was it, 14 carries for 67 yards. So, um, in that defense, they gave everyone in the nation that plays against Clemson. I mean, of course, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. But if you're going to beat Clemson, You've got to limit Travis Etienne. You know, I mean, he had 28 yards on 18 carries. That's a whopping 1.6 yard a carry. Um, (laughs) That's how you that's how you beat them. Force them, you know, um, to make plays in the air. Now, of course, they had, you know, uh, Cornell Powell and Amari Rogers (laughs) go for 161 and 134. They have 429 yards. But but that also means that, you know, Notre Dame secondary isn't great. But if you play another team whose secondary may be a little bit better, um, you know, and they can load that box up, you know. I mean, Ohio State really was a few plays away last year from beating this Clemson team, and they had even more weapons last year. So, um, so yeah, I mean – Hey, shout out to you know to Notre Dame. I don't think they beat them without Trevor. I mean, with Trevor Lawrence, um, but hey, they uh, took advantage of a good situation that Trevor wasn't. Now, but bad thing for Notre Dame is that you know since they're in the conference now, they'll probably have to play this team again in the championship. I, I love it. I want to see them play again, which may not be close the next time. Honestly, <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Trevor Lawrence could have a field day. Well, I think the other thing to remember. Clemson had three turnovers in this game. Once again, we talked about it in the NFL games as well. 
three turnovers is hard to hard to survive. And oh, they were all fumbles. Yep, yeah, three fumbles. Wow. And from their big time players, Amari Rogers had a fumble, and Etn. Had oh a yeah, Etn sure did. Yep. Um, so that's something that you could fix. And I think obviously without those three turnovers, this is a, a much different game. Yep. Um, especially with the way they were still able to move the ball pretty consistently. Was that the way, the when uh, DJ was handing the ball to Etn? I can't. I, I honestly exchange? don't remember. It was I weird. Remember. Yeah, I, can't remember. I think that was that was the one. It was mm-hmm. it was a weird handoff exchange because they were they were about to score. Mm-hmm. They took it all the way back. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I, I think both of these teams showed us something. Notre Dame finally in a big game showing up. Finally. Um, We've been saying it for years. They they'll have great regular seasons, and they get to a big game, and you're like, "Whoa, Ryan okay. Kelly!" They're not really, but he brought that curse from Cincinnati. It's you, just ugh. ultimately you got to win these games. So I'm still waiting for the news to come out that everybody in Notre Dame has COVID. Everyone because they stormed the field like everyone, like nothing. Like this is not a pandemic right now. I was shocked. I just I couldn't even believe that like they didn't have measures to like make sure that didn't happen. What you gonna do? You can't have enough security to stop that many I people. Mean, I, I guess, but I mean, shoot, man. I did see like one thing guy standing up um, on the side, kind of holding his arms up as people are just running by him. I was like, bro, you can't. You ain't gonna be able to do nothing. Good luck. Good luck, brother. Man. So um, the other big game, um, Florida taking down Georgia. Um, this was one that. I, you know, people were kind of torn on. Florida had been off on COVID leave, um, and Georgia had played Alabama pretty well, and their defense had been playing pretty strong. But Florida really looked impressive in this mm-hmm. game. So uh, what did we learn from this game, guys? Georgia didn't look too good to me, y'all. I'm just going to be real. Um, let's see. Yeah, their passing game, uh, their quarterback uh, had 78 yards and a touchdown. Um, their running game was, was pretty decent, but I mean, you're not going to get the job done with 78 yards through the air on five of 16 with an interception. Uh, the offense just, you know, I mean, and if your offense is putting up those type of numbers, uh, your defense is going to probably be on the field a lot and then, you know, hence yield some points. So, you know, um, let's see. Yeah. Oh yeah. They had three intercept. They gave away three interceptions too. So, you know, Georgia's just missing Justin Fields. They wish they could have him back every day. So mm. uh, in Florida, you know, Kyle Trask, my goodness, 474 yards, four touchdowns, really solid game for them. Um, I really love Kyle Pitts. You know, if my Bengals could get a tight end like oh, Kyle man. Pitts, man, I would be so ecstatic. Draft time, he is going to be a hot commodity. Yep. So, so yeah, you know, Georgia's just not a, a legit contender to me at all. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there were concerns about Florida's defense um, before this game. And, I mean, honestly, they really came in and for the most part dominated this game. Yep. Um, and not their quarterback, Stinson Bennett, who really, for a lot of people, um, surprised people because they were supposed to have Jamie Newman, the transfer from um, Wake Forest, take over. He ended up opting out, I believe, and not playing this year. And so they were kind of scrambling to figure out their quarterback. And yep. then... Bennett comes in and kind of takes the job. Um, and early on, he had played pretty well, but Florida really just rattled him early in this game. Get him up. Um, and so going into this game, I was looking to see how that defense would respond. They haven't really been that impressive, have given up some leads in games. Obviously, they have the one loss. Um, but Todd Grantham is one of the best defensive coordinators in college football. Um, and I think he really coached up these guys. They have talent on that team. It was never a doubt about that, but the mm-hmm. execution just wasn't there. Um, and like you said, that connection between Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts is just, 
he is just a matchup nightmare because you can line him up as a tight end or as a wide receiver. Um, and with his size, his explosiveness, I mean, I, I believe he has like eight touchdowns this year. Um, and that's, they had one of their games get postponed. So that, that lets you know how dominant of a force he is um, on a week-to-week basis. And Kyle Trask, 474 yards um, and four touchdowns. I mean, we got to start talking about him as a Heisman candidate yeah. at some point. Um, the numbers that he's been able to put up. Um, yeah, and then the running their running game has been coming along as well. Um, so I think... The next question we want to look at is who are the college football playoff teams that we're going to be looking at now, right now, we've, now we've had some of the top teams kind of shuffle around, move and lose some games, yep. not play some games. Yep. Who are we looking at as, um, as contenders right now? Or let's, let's put it this way. Who do you think are the top four teams of college football right now? Bama, Ohio state, Clemson. And I'll say Notre Dame for now. For mm. now. For now. Really? Yeah, for now. Okay. I I um I think Notre Dame has to be in there. They they won the game against Clemson and I'll be really interested to see what a rematch between those teams could look like. Obviously yep. Ohio State. Yep. Obviously Bama. Yep. Um man, that fourth team. I think Clemson could be there. I think Clemson and, and to me, Clemson and Florida are, are that next group mm-hmm, of teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think really, I mean, the SEC is in a really strong position to possibly get two teams in, depending on how some other things shake out. Yeah, there would have to be a lot mm. shake, to shake out. Ian, you you putting uh, you putting my home team uh, in your in your top four? Uh, Cincinnati, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, man, another hot take coming. <clears throat> nah. Nah, nah. Cincinnati got enough love for me today. Um, <laughs> although, I mean, I, I do, I was looking, I definitely, you know, just thinking about this, uh, was checking out and trying to see, like, man, you know, I think Notre Dame has one more. I, I was really looking at the strength and schedule for the rest of the year, and I don't see a whole lot that's going to trip up really the, the, the AP top five, top four right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Bama, O-State, Clemson, Notre Dame, if I had to pick a fifth that I think is knocking, it, it would be Florida. So, Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is that both of those teams are not going to make it because, again, Notre Dame and Clemson, barring some crazy other loss, will have to play again. So, Yeah, but if Notre Dame loses that game and they don't lose any other ones, I still think they're in a good position, depending on what happens, obviously, yeah, the other games. Depending. Um, and, I mean, we could have two really, really good conference championship games. If yep. Notre Dame is playing Clemson and Florida is playing Bama, yep. those are two really good games. And then Absolutely. the the one-loss teams that come out of that are still in a good position again, yep. depending on how the yeah. other things shake out. Um, you know, I once again, we talked about this. Ohio State, I think, is going to get in. I don't think there's... I think it would just need to go disastrously wrong for them. Yep. To, or them not play any more games because of COVID. Justin Fields. <laughs> and that was the other thing. These games getting pushed and getting canceled because yeah. of COVID. How does yep. that factor into the picture, too? Well, yep. let's go ahead and transition to that while we're here. Seven canceled or postponed games for this week coming up, including four from the SEC, um, including Alabama's game was uh, postponed. Ohio State's game is canceled. Canceled, yep. Texas A&M is um, postponed as well. 
and Georgia as well postponed. So these are all top 15 teams. Um, And obviously the Big Ten doesn't have any room to to remove their schedule or put new games in. Nope. Um, So I'm just going to say this. All that talk about the players are safer with us than they are just being regular (laughs) students. I don't want to hear that anymore. That was a yeah, ridiculous yeah. argument when you guys said it, and it's ridiculous now. Co- well, yeah, especially when you can have fans just, you know, storming a field. Like it's it's stupid. It's stupid. All these coaches and administrators that tried to make us think that they could control this, you can't control it. It's a freaking pandemic. So now we have these players dealing in this in this scenario where they're being forced to play football and whatever. Some of them fought for the right to play football. But we did not have control of this pandemic. So why are we trying to play football in the most contact-laden sport yep. on earth? Yep. <laughs> and you can't bubble up like the NBA. You can't bubble. You know. But, hey, these, these guys are student athletes. We don't want to pay them. But but let's play football. Yep. And I think because we give commentary and we review the games and things like that, it could. One could. suppose that we're all for the circumstances Mm-mm. surrounding, but not so. Not so. Like at the end of the day, like these are still that's still somebody that that's a mother's son. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, these, these guys are still people. Uh, uh, when we turn our TV sets off and when we get done being entertained by them, so while I appreciate their willingness and their desire to go out and do what they do, of course they want to go out because that's their hopes and dreams connected yeah. to them. I think that the adults in the room. Yeah. Um. And those those administrators, they have to start. They have to be making decisions that are in the best interest. And I think if anything, if nothing else, we can definitely say uh, that has not been the case. This was not in the best interest of those players. And listen, um, we still don't know so, the long term health effects of COVID. So you have a player like nope. Trevor Lawrence, who's projected to be the number one quarterback, and we don't know what kind of long term health effects he could have from COVID. Sure, he didn't have any symptoms. Any- he didn't have to go to the hospital, but we still don't know how that affects his heart and his lungs moving forward. Any any of these athletes, we don't know. So to, to take the stance that they took that it's safer here than it is anywhere else, it's not. It's COVID. It doesn't care if you're a football player. It doesn't care if you're nope. at home. It doesn't care if you're on campus. <laughs> if you get it, you get it, and it's serious. So the fact that we're – is just so much worse of a, of a, of a scenario that had been in in the first place. So not even the football aspect of it. Yeah. Just campus. Bruh. So the one good thing that may come out of this from a fan perspective is we may get an expansion. If we have enough cancellations, we may have an expansion of the college football playoff. I think they'll have to look at that if there's enough games that are canceled and enough enough conferences that are having issues rescheduling these postponed games. Um, I don't know what the threshold is going to be. Um, nope. <laughs> and I still think we may have some more cancellations this week. Minnesota was... Um, hadn't practiced all last week and they still haven't practiced this week. So that might be another game that's canceled this week. Um, mm. So, and now that it's affecting these top tier teams, it's going to change the playoff conversation. Mm-hmm. Now Ohio state has one less game yep. um, to really show. And, and, you know, Maryland, I was really interested to see them play against Maryland um, to his brother. It's a starter quarterback for Maryland, and he had had some really good games leading up to this one. I didn't think they were going to win. But, he was about to get pummeled. <laughs> uh, I didn't think they were going to win, but he would be <laughs> probably the best quarterback they've played so far because the quarterback group they've played has been pretty lackluster. Well, Sean Clifford, yeah, but they're not good. Yeah, not they're good. not very good. Um, so, yeah, I, it's frustrating to sit here and, and know that we could have avoided this, and now we're trying to force these games in. Um, so... Guys, be safe out there. COVID is still real. It's not over. 
It is. Don't be going rushing fields and, you know, doing... Making out with each other. Right. Things that you would normally do um, when there was not a pandemic. Like, goodness, y'all. Like, stop (sighs) stop going to the club. Please Please stop going to the club. You you don't. You just don't. Like, nobody wants to see you right now. Nobody. You know. Um, all right, so let's talk about the college football games to watch. You guys, this is a week slate of games. Very weak. N- now that these cancellations have happened, right. even well, before. Even some of those games. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so this is going to be fun to see which games we actually value off this schedule. There's no ranked teams facing off against each other. So, Man, Malcolm, we should have just skip this question. I mean, we ain't looking forward to this too many. <laughs> I'll probably be watching Florida play just, you know. The Felipe Franks revenge game. <laughs> oh, that's right. He is in Arkansas. That's right. That's I right. Didn't even um, not yeah. I yeah. It's just it's slim picking. So I'll be watching Florida. Um, is Cincinnati on? Uh yeah. They're Friday they're night. playing. They're playing to, uh, Friday. Too. Yep. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> see, look, I'll, I'll do that. I think I'm gonna be looking at uh, Wisconsin and Michigan. Uh, Michigan two losses already. Um, I know some fans who are who have had it with Harbaugh. They just they're sick of being mediocre. They're sick of this, this, this. Um, and this is a well. I mean, we only saw one game from Wisconsin <laughs> because of COVID. Uh, their quarterback played pretty well the, that one game that they played. So um, and he's still not. They're not still not sure if he's going to be back. Right. Exactly. So you know, and it's at Michigan, of course. Again, no fans, but or you know, just family. But you know, it'll be interesting to see how Michigan. You know, are they going to keep fighting to you know try to win some of these big games? Um, and what will we see out of Wisconsin? So that'll be the one game that I'm you know interested in. I'm going to warn you, Michigan fans. Don't be dumb. You guys haven't beat Ohio State. I understand the frustration with that. I don't know who, what the better alternative is to Jim Harbaugh. At I this mean, point. they haven't been beating Ohio State since you know other coaches before exactly. that. So, so let's don't do what Nebraska did. They fired Frank Solich. They've never recovered because they thought that they were better than they were. Yeah, they fired Frank Solich after going to the national championship. Yeah, game. now that was foolish. <laughs> now, if Michigan had made the playoff, like, and I think that's the thing that the fans are saying, like, we should be a playoff caliber, you know, um, football team, and they're not, and they haven't been for a while, and so of course they want something more. And I mean, you can't. I mean, you think back, Michigan football has been known to be a dominant, you know, but they took huge steps back, and that went back to like when they got Rich Rodriguez. Like, I mean, it goes all the way back there. Um, Michigan hasn't been the same Michigan since. So, but this uh, is the most. This is the best that they've been in this era. We can't. I don't think there's any argument. There. Which is sad to say because I mean, you look at other eras. Michigan's like, gosh, we need to be better than this. So. <laughs> It's sad, you know. Poor Michigan fans. Ugh. Michigan fans, relax. As, as much as we get on them, like I, I think we do it. We enjoy there being a competitive game Keith when Ohio not, State does Keith play. Does not enjoy I, I don't mind us dominating. You Keith know, doesn't care. You know, I don't I've, mind us dominating. I've watched Keith watch Ohio State games. He does not care if they're competitive. No, honestly, <laughs> no. I'm, well, I just like that Ohio State will. You know, I don't. I'm at, I am very stressed when it's like close games and or if we have leads that are like small like three point leads seven point lead like it ain't good enough you know it's again like watching the lakers you know gosh we we were up 15 now we're down 20 like what the heck just happened in this span you know um so yeah you know you gotta I mean, that's, that's all a part of the joy of the game it is you gotta have those moments you know but no i don't mind I prefer that. Not. <laughs> <laughs> fans don't be crazy 
Don't be crazy. Well, you're one of them, Malcolm. There's no. What are you going to do better than this? Who's coming to Michigan right now? That's the that's the main question right there. Who's coming? Yeah, Mike Leach. Y'all want Mike Leach? You gonna try that? They definitely don't. (laughs) All right, Um, my game to watch is actually going to be Miami versus uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech had a tough loss last week to Liberty, who is good, and I'm not even really sure how or why. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Somehow they came into that game the 25 rate 25. I, I don't ask me what's happening with Liberty. I don't know. Hugh Freeze. Whatever. Um, Miami has been playing really well. De'Eric King, since their loss to uh, Clemson, has been looking really good at quarterback. Yep. And Virginia Tech has had some really tough losses. So uh, this could be an opportunity for them to get an upset. I'm not going to call an upset, but I think it could be a tight game. Um, historically, those Miami-Virginia Tech games have been have been nail biters. Um, so we'll look at that. Hey, guys, Northwestern cracked the top 25. Just throwing it out there, guys. <clears throat> well, okay. Who are they playing this week? Purdue. Oh, God. <laughs> There's some sick kid. You know, they're going to have him virtually on the screen. Uh, here we Don't go. forget who you're playing for. Here we go. My name's Timmy, and the only thing I want in life before I die is for, is for Purdue to beat Northwestern. It's going to happen. Look out, Northwestern. <laughs> oh, it's so sick. And, but- <laughs> and shout out to Timmy, who just wants... Purdue to win. <laughs> uh, that, that story was that story was really good, man. That kid died shortly after they beat oh, Ohio yeah, State too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why they had to win. They, they and they did. They Look, blew us out too. If I'm one of these athletic departments, I'm going to the hospital and just looking, <laughs> just going through the hallways, just looking for any kid wearing a, a, a whatever your school is. Jersey. Oh my god! Is that kid wearing a Rutgers jersey? Come over here. We need to talk to him. We're playing Ohio State this week. Let's. Uh... I don't care about football. Yes, you do. You want us to win? Anyway, um, oh, all right, guys. It is so time. Great. Our NBA draft preview. Yes, I know you've been waiting for this. You've been waiting for the yeah. draft experts here yeah. at the Three One Podcast um. to share our takes. <clears throat> um, this is probably the least heralded draft, <laughs> right? Most at most most seasons, we wouldn't know who the number one pick is. Like we yep. would be on the chat. Well. That Cleveland year. Okay, yeah. well, Cleveland <laughs> jacked that up. We're not. We don't need to relitigate that. Ian is in a, is already in a tough place with his, with his uh, Cavaliers. We don't need to talk about the past, but let's talk about the future. So we have. We need to. <laughs> uh, sure. We, we don't need to, guys. Uh, <laughs> We're not going to relitigate that draft. It was it was horrible for all of us. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the three top guys. We got James Wiseman, center yep. out of Memphis, who played like a half a minute. Two before, games, before right? He was not allowed to play anymore because he got money years ago. Um, Is Christian Wilkins out there? You know what's going on? <laughs> uh, we also have um, Anthony Edwards from Georgia, yep. electric scorer. <clears throat> Georgia wasn't good, but he was putting up numbers. And then we have. Huh, the last ball, brother. Oh, God. BBB in the building. Oh man, Lamelo Ball. We've been waiting for this for what feels like ten years, waiting for him to come to the NBA. Um, so, if you guys were a GM, you're drafting. Yep. Which one of these three guys would you want? See, it's tough because it depends on what city I'm a GM. <clears throat> if I'm in, you know, small market that needs, you know, someone with some pizzazz. As unfortunate DMs are really 
looking at taking LaMelo Ball, and I, I shouldn't say unfortunately. I'm not a ball hater, but he is the least polished and to me would be the least effective of these three. Mm. Um, mm. And, and, and the least, definitely the least NBA ready. Mm. But, uh, you know, but I, I, I can admit if I put on my GM hat and I'm looking at, you know, ticket sales, post-COVID, and yes. everything like that, you know, uh, what's going to really get the most bang? I, the shock value matters, and so I can understand. Um, but for me, it's, gonna, it's Anthony Edwards. I be I would be taking him as the number one overall pick, mm. um, just from from a well-rounded perspective. Just looking at you know um, the, the the little bit that we were able to see of him, um, not a little bit, but again, uh, well, what I've been able to see of him, I like his explosiveness. Mm-hmm. I like um, the fact that he can do more off the dribble than it than it may kind of seem, mm-hmm. um, but he he is effective with that. Um, just, I like his mindset too. Uh, you know, uh, they do interviews and everything like that. Um, and just the, his approach to the game, the things that he plays attention to. You know, I've seen enough interviews. Um, really digging in, talking about these technical aspects of the game. He strikes me as a guy that's driven to work mm-hmm. to get better. And so, from a talent perspective, from a physical stature and and ability standpoint, and also from a mental piece, I'd be going with him. Um, I would tend to agree with you um but you know the way that i look at it you know depending on my roster and all i'd probably take james wiseman i think Mm. i think that having a big guy who has the potential to be dominant Mm. um really you know can set you apart especially in a league today where you got a lot of small ball happening a lot of you know guys who you know are playing small they want to stretch the floor and shoot but this guy you know he's what seven one can be pretty dominant in the paint and um yeah i just that's who i would want honestly um of the three um and then it would be it wouldn't be ball second either that's for sure um but yeah i would take wiseman um and just build you know have some solid shooters you know some other playmakers around him but if you just say hey go and dominate in this paint Give him a shot. I, uh, first of all, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'm not drafting LaMelo Ball for any reason (laughs) at all. Unless I just don't, unless I just don't have any guards. Like, I'm just not, I'm, I'm not taking LaMelo Ball. I have such serious concerns about him defensively. Yes. Um, his shooting is god awful. From what I, now the draft experts say he has next level playmaking ability. Six, seven point guard that can really handle the ball, can really be a good playmaker, makes his teammates better. All that is well and good, but watching him shoot is atrocious. Watching him play defense is atrocious. Um, and a guy yeah. six foot seven. Watching him off the ball. Oh my gosh. Too. Oh my gosh. Um, so I'm staying away from him. I actually really like Anthony Edwards. His scoring ability, his athleticism, his explosiveness. Yep. Yep. Um, I think it's really next level. The effort stuff is the stuff that worries you when you're trying to evaluate prospects because you can't, it's hard to coach that out of somebody. Um, but I think if he gets into a good situation, um, in the right situation and a coach that's really going to push him, I think he could really be exactly what a team needs at an, at the two-guard position in the modern NBA, a guy who's just going to get buckets from all three levels and really be able to take over games. They have uh, him going four right now to the Bulls. Who, said, so. who is it? Uh, ESPN. Okay. Experts have him going four to the Bulls. That would be interesting. They already have Zach Levine. Who, yeah. You know, Zach Levine. 
Um, yeah. I don't like the Bulls. I don't like that for the Bulls. I don't like that for Anthony Edwards either. Um, and actually, I really like James Wiseman, but in the NBA now, center isn't as important. So I don't know if I want to use a top pick on him. Yeah, but that's why, like, if you get a guy like Joel Embiid, if you get one of those guys, you have a chance to get, you know, you can really, you know, shake up the league, yeah. you know. But, hey. So the, the top three teams of the draft, Minnesota Timberwolves, by twist of fate, the Golden, Golden State, State Warriors, Warriors. Yeah. and yeah. the Charlotte former Bobcats, now Hornets. Um, so the Dubs look like they might be trying to deal this pick to get some more players or yeah. a more impact player as they're trying to reload okay. for this season. And let me just say, I'm scared of this Warriors team going in next year. Um, with everybody coming back healthy and rested, they didn't play in the bubble. They're going to be really coming back with a vengeance. Um, Minnesota at one. They've got Carl Anthony Towns. They traded for D'Angelo Russell last year. Yep. They've got their their two. Um, which one of these guys fits better with them? I've heard that they want to go with Wiseman and move Towns to the four, which I think I would never do. But cool, whatever. Do the whole Twin Towers thing. Um, Golden State, um, obviously look at the trade. And then Charlotte, I think, will just take whoever's left of the three. Yeah. The top three guys. Um, well, they have them taking uh, on Yeke Okongu. ESPN. Yeah. I think that's they did like an aggregate thing where they looked at all like the mock drafts and yeah. stuff. Um, that's interesting to me. Um, he's a little undersized at seven. He, at center, he's six foot nine. Mm. Um, so I don't know if I love Dream that. On green. I think James Wiseman is perfect for Charlotte. They need a center bad. <clears throat> um, and he would give them a legitimate seven footer. Um, but at the top, I just don't know what you do with. What would you do if you're Minnesota? You've got D'Angelo Russell. You've got Carl Anthony Towns. What piece fits the best with that group? And they have what, Flip. If, is Flip son still the coach? Skip, whatever his name is. I don't know. You're the basketball. Yeah, uh, Ryan. Ryan Saunders of the league. Yeah, I'm, I was joking. Yeah. His name is not Skip, but <laughs> I would. I think I'm thinking wing. I mean, I need somebody to uh, somebody at the point of attack. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, my primary ball handler. Um, D'Angelo's going to handle a lot of that. You know, it's his job to make sure that everybody gets involved and, you know, to evolve as a as a playmaker. But, again, you know, you've seen the comparisons, Anthony Edwards, you know, to uh, the Donovan Mitchells and, and, and those, type of, those type of players. I, I think that's exactly what Minnesota could use. Um, right now, so the, I I hope these projections are wrong because Labelle Ball just doesn't fit there, in, in my opinion. But hey, you never know. Yeah, I would definitely take um, Anthony Edwards if if I was Minnesota for sure. Let D'Angelo handle the one, let him play a two, and um, you got a little thing cooking. They'll be able to score a lot of points. Yeah, a lot of points defensively. It's going to be yeah. some issues, but they're going to be able to score a lot of points. Hey, you got to score in this league now, yeah. so. So we talked earlier that we were going to get some um, an update from our Cleveland beat reporter. Uh oh, the Cavaliers. Oh, where are the Cavs picking this year, Ian? Five. Six. Cavs uh, at five. Five. What, five. Where do you guys? What are you guys' needs, and who do you want to see in the wine and gold next year? All right. So here it is. Um, a lot of that is going to be dependent on how they approach things this season. Uh, some key things that I think they should have done roster wise that they have not. We currently have a backlog still in the backcourt. Sexton, <laughs> uh, got Porter. Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of young <laughs> talent there. 
Um, so, okay, we got to remove the coaching thing from, from the picture. There's still the question mark of what exactly is happening with Andre Drummond. What in the galaxy is happening with Kevin Love? Because he's just there. He's just um, And there's definitely some things that need to be moved out of the way. Jetty Osman, he, he didn't – it didn't pop. It didn't happen. <laughs> I know we were, we were holding out. We were waiting for it to see if it, if it would take place. He played ball with KD and LeBron in the summer. And clearly he was a tall boy because it, it just didn't come to fruition. And, I, and I'm sorry to say so. My issue is that I don't think the Cavs are – uh, if you listen to some insiders, they're looking at um, uh, Halliburton and, mm, and yep. you know, because they don't believe Anthony Edwards will be there. Um, I even saw some talk about how they were looking at uh, this Isaac Okoro kid who mm-hmm. I don't know a whole, whole lot about, just to be honest. My preference has been uh, Obi Toppin. Obi, Obi. Um, you know, you, you know, you need a score, you know, you need a guy that can, that can, you know, be, be ball dominant, um, and get you looks from different, different angles, uh, great finisher, average passer, some things, you know, shooting is not that great, but, um, he has a it factor and you need some guy. I think we've got enough guys that we hope can develop into something and we need to really be looking for guys who, who clearly have. Uh, some aspects of their game where they're already a cut above the rest. And if you're not going to fall in the top three, um, I think, I, I think uh, Toppin is, is a great place to look for that. But I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not sure what exactly uh, the front office is doing. Kobe Altman, I, I really hope that um, for a while they were looking like they were built toward the future, and then they suddenly made moves like they were getting players who wanted to win now. So, I think clarity in the front office really needs to happen first. So I'll be looking to see if they're active in the trade market. Yeah, I really like Obi Toppin for you guys. If you guys can get him, he's a good a good four who can stretch the floor. Is a dynamic athlete. He was they really as a four. Yeah, he's six nine. Oh, I thought he was a three. Yeah, he's he's not and he's not quick enough to guard guys on the perimeter. Yeah. Um. So he'd be a good four and then stretch fives at times. I don't think you can play him there a bunch, especially no. against. Uh, guys like Embiid and and Jokic and things like that and Wiseman, yeah. <laughs> um, but you so, don't have to like exclusively post them up, right? Right, right, right. 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 Yeah, but I like him. he'll be able to stretch the floor and and in in transition he'll be electric. Um, but God, I hope they yeah. don't sign another point guard. Please don't draft another point guard. Please. Please. At this point, why not? You know, unless you're going to trade the other two, then I'm here for it. There has to be a plan somewhere. <laughs> Um, all right, so one more thing about the NFL, excuse me, the NBA draft. What um, what prospects are you looking at, or what teams are you interested to see what they do in the draft? Mm. You know, I'll tell you um, the two names that are interesting to me, both um, young guards, um, <clears throat> Malcolm, your boy, um, Cole Anthony. Yep, he's on my um, list. Too. I'm really curious to see where he falls. I think, you know, of course, you know, he had – an injury um so you know there's some question marks there but i mean a guy who can score yeah who can shoot who can distribute um a good guard and i think you know someone who may get him between picks you know 10 to 20 or 30 or 25 ish mm-hmm. uh will get a good a good player and then the other one is out of the big 10 cassius winston mm-hmm. um those are two guards that i'm going to 
you know, really be interested to see where they fall, you know, and, you know, how they could be used immediately this upcoming year or if this will be more development. Because uh, I think Cole has what it takes to, you know, be a decent role player uh, for this upcoming season. So, Isn't Cassius Winston like 40? I mean, my goodness, it seems like he was at Michigan State like as long as Hunter Renfro was at Clemson, you know. So, um, but... <clears throat> Yeah, those are the two guys I'm I'm gonna be looking for in the draft. I feel like Winston played with Mateen Cleaves in there for so long. <laughs> Irvin Magic Johnson, baby. <laughs> oh shoot. Yo, I I think for me, I'm um I was most curious thinking about these teams that are here in like the top fifteen mm-hmm. that I believe are one or two moves away. So really curious, trade these picks or do they try are they looking to actually plug in uh, young talent with like for instance um, looking at what's that other than Golden State of course uh, but you know Phoenix sitting here at 10 yeah. we know you know their young core has already um, it peaked in the bubble to be honestly uh, we to, to be honest we saw what they can do yep um, it was good you know they they definitely still need you know some punch uh, Kelly Oubre is, is is really really good at some spurts um, and, and you know he's still developing, and so you still got that going. On. It's interesting that there 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 are talks about Chris Paul going to Phoenix, and if that's you know the direction that they're kind of leaning toward, you know, uh, looking to see if they'll fill in now. Uh, they they're projected to be looking at guys. Um, I don't think uh, I like that. Guys. What Chris Paul what? to Phoenix? Paul? I don't think I like it. I don't think it's a great fit um, mm. since since they have Booker there. Booker's a guy who likes the ball in his hands. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Chris Paul would be better, you know, of course with the Lakers, but another team that could really use him with the ball in his hands a decent amount as well. So I don't know. I don't know if I like that option, but anyways, continue. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I mean, uh, and I, and I can see that I was curious about the fit myself. I mean, you know, how Rubio seems like he had, he had a really good feel for that offense, but. Chris Paul pushes guys in a little bit different of a way. Yeah, for so sure. I would be curious. Um, but then, you know, the Pelicans, you know, all of that talent kind of maxed there. Yep. Seeing whether or not, you know, you're still trying to acclimate Zion uh, with these other guys, and here they are at, at 13. And so do you add another big that can, you know, my mind kind of goes to like Jared Allen. And uh, they got they got a young guy who played center already. I don't know why his name just slipped my mind. Uh, but he plays big. Who are you talking about? Is it, uh, is it Hayes? Oh, Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes. Yeah, Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cincinnati. So, Home team. So what else wow. are they looking to add? You know, I'm, shooting help, you know, comes to mind and things like that. Uh, and then lastly, you know, just uh, thinking of Boston. I mean, here you are. You're on the cusp of uh, of an NBA Finals appearance, and you're, you got the 14th pick. <laughs> And so, you know, they're they're looking at uh, you know, adding size, I think definitely for them. And so who fits that that mold, who's gonna give you some rim protection, but like we were talking about, also a little bit of stretchability. You don't need him to be Damian Lillard shooting threes from the logo, but who's gonna be able to be offensively what do I call it? Offensively competent. Mm. You know, be in the right places at the right time, be a, a you know, a, a Pac Man on the boards and also protect the rim. So uh yeah, but I, I I'm I'm really really curious to see what what these teams do. Man, a guy like Wiseman for Boston would be critical. 
if they could somehow like not have to give up a whole lot, like yeah. well, to, you, I think you got to get to the top three, maybe even the top two to get yeah, them. That's true. <clears throat> so it's gonna cost them something because Tice ain't getting. The, he, he's a role player. You and, know, he's a guy. That, and if you're trained with the Dubs, they they're gonna want a player. They're not gonna want picks. Give him Gordon Gordon Hayward. <laughs> Interestingly, does, does anybody want Gordon Hayward? Would you? Would you deal? Because a lot of people believe there's been kind of a logjam um, in the wing at the wing position at Boston. Would you even look at, given the fact that you got Kimball Walker now, would you even look at trading Jalen Brown, packaging him with a couple no. other guys to get this pick? No. No, no sir. I, I would not. <clears throat> Absolutely not. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the, the Cole Anthony was on my list of pl- yeah. players to look at. I yep. I think he had a rough year in Carolina. There was no shooters on that team, um, but he was still able to put up buckets on yep. that team. And I think any team situation he goes to, especially if it's a team that already has some established talent, um, I think they could really he could really explode in the, in the NBA with the floor spread the way it is. Yep. And Ian, you mentioned this name earlier. I like Isaac Okoro. He's kind of the modern NBA wing, six foot nine, small forward who could defend one through four, maybe even five as he puts on a little bit more weight. Um, the shooting is a little bit of an issue now, but I think that if he can work on his um, form a little bit, he could really become one of those three and D wings that we talked about. Yep. And speaking of three and D three and D wings, Devin Vassell from Florida state already, coming out of the out of college into the pros is ready to shoot threes and defend mm-hmm. at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another guy a guy I'll be looking at. Um, a team I'm, I'm actually looking at is Chicago with that sixth pick. They've got a wealth of young guys. Yep. I think they're going to try to make a move um, to get somebody to help Billy Donovan bring some order to that team. They've had issues in the past with not wanting <laughs> to practice and then not being good, yep. <laughs> which is a bad combination. <laughs> um, so I think they may look to deal, maybe package some of their young guys in that pick to get more of an impact player in. Um, and then the Atlanta Hawks, I think, are going to be aggressive as well. They've been linked in talks with um, New Orleans for Drew Holiday with that with their high pick as well. So I think they'll be looking to, to kind of jumpstart their rebuild. Trey Young was great last year, all-star starter. Mm-hmm. Um, John Collins is solid, and they I forgot they brought in Clint Capella last year from Houston mm-hmm. at center. Um, so they've got some pieces that they can move around and play with, especially with this draft pick, to hopefully um, turn this thing around quickly. But the draft will be um, on the – is it next Wednesday? Yep. Next Wednesday. Um, so tune into yep. that, and we'll have – some reaction to that. I'm sure there'll be plenty of trades, plenty of deals. And then right after that is free agency. It's going to start. And next week we're going to do a little free NBA free agency preview for you. So make sure you join us next week for hey. our pod. Um, so guys, we're about to, we're about to leave our, our fans, unfortunately, but let's do our parting words. Ian, get us started with your parting words for tonight. I want to give a big shout out to Shane Bieber, the AL Cy Young winner and the NL Cy Young winner. Uh, Mr. Trevor Bauer, also former Cleveland India. Cleveland continues to be the farm system for the entire Major League Baseball. <laughs> um, fortunately, uh, we're a farm system that deals all of the wonderful players that we develop. Uh, but, yeah, uh, shout out to them. Uh, Bieber, unanimous win. And uh, that's huge. You know, at least we won something. Mm. Keith, give us your parting words. Oh man, um, <clears throat> I want to give a shout out um, to Kamala Harris. You know, um, oh yes, sir. I, you are 
you know, first of all, you know, we had Michelle Obama, right? You know, um, first lady um, goes down in the hall in the first lady hall of fame, uh, Michelle Obama. And now, you know, you have uh, a African-American vice president elect. And, you know, I, I'm going to remember telling my daughter about you and how, you know, she's going to be able to do great things in this world. You know, she wants to coach football. She'll, she may have the chance to do that. If she wants to be vice president or president of the United States, um, you know, she'll have that capability. Um, you know, so shout out to all the women. Um, we, as men, we love you. Um, and, uh, we wish you nothing but the best, but Kamala represent, and we pray you are able to do some, some good things for the black community in office. My parting words um, are going to go to a forgotten part of NFL history. Um, and it was addressed this week by one Bill Belichick, who I don't know if he did an interview or what, but he mentioned that not going with the New York Jets was the best thing that he ever did in his career. <laughs> now, if you guys oh. don't remember this, <laughs> if y'all don't remember this situation, he had signed with the Jets. He had done the press conference. They announced it. And then the Patriots job job came open and he basically told the Jets never mind I'm going <laughs> to New England so the Jets traded him <laughs> to New England and as we know the rest is history <laughs> unbelievable Man. Um, Man. and I thought about I actually thought about that a, a few months ago like no one remembers that really awkward time when he was the Jets coach for three days which is reminiscent of Billy Donovan a few years ago leaving Florida after they won those championships and saying, I'm going to go to Orlando, does a press conference. And then a day later is like, no, nah, never mind. I'm going back to Florida. Yep. Um, and then goes to OKC. And then goes, <laughs> so shout out to the Jets for once again, messing up their franchise irreparably. And uh, they've never recovered. Jets, you guys are just, they've never recovered. What's wild is that Josh McDaniels just did this like last year. Yes, he did. Was it the two what, years ago? I was think. it the Colts? Who yeah. was it? Yeah, it was the Colts. Yeah. He joined, joined this coach and everything and then backed out. Way to train them up, Bill. I mean, man. man. Oh, can I break protocol real quick? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, especially just because we've been getting uh, these updates about Russ, Russell Westbrook saying he wants out of Houston. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this officially requested a trade, but, I mean, that's pretty much requesting the trade. You know, we know how this goes when it's aired out. So, and I just give you guys, Eastern Conference, Western Conference, best landing spot for us. Wow, Ian. Um, I'll, I'll go first. I'm thinking Western Conference, like Clippers. Ugh. Eastern Conference, I'm going to say Bucks. Ugh. Mm, I don't like either of those. I don't like one of those. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, uh, my goodness. I, I don't want this to happen, but. I could see why they would do it. The Knicks, they could they could absorb the money. Um, they need something because I don't know. That's what, a punishment. I don't know what they're. It is absolutely punishment. But we get the full Russ experience in in New York. It's going to be the Russia. <laughs> they ain't going to win a championship. He's not. Twenty seven <laughs> shots per game. Yeah, but Rush going for fifty in Madison Square Garden is different than going for fifty in Oklahoma City. Uh, yeah. Those Knicks fans go crazy. But I I just it's it's tough with him because. Of where he is in his career, he's he's. I think he's on the downside physically, just not because of anything, you know, not anything malicious for him. But he's just getting older. Yeah. He's had injuries. Right, right, right. Um, I don't know if he's enough to carry a team anymore. Uh, but in the Eastern Conference, maybe he could sneak a team into the playoffs. 
and then he has a huge contract. How do you match that money? Yeah. I don't. I just don't know. The Clippers would be. I don't know. I just don't see how he would work with Paul and Kawhi. Nope. Mostly because I think Kawhi would just stare at him all the time and not say anything, and he'd just be yelling at him. And Kawhi's just staring at him. Doesn't and, and Paul's scared to do anything. I didn't pass the ball for that. <laughs> Paul's. I had, think Paul's having a mental health day over there. <laughs> and that was my thing. I, I think it's if I was speaking in terms of likelihood, just because uh-huh. just people think people think stuff fits that doesn't. But no, I, I don't love it either. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't. I like him in Orlando personally. Chicago wouldn't be terrible. Yeah, I think I would go hmm. Chicago in the East. Hmm. Um, Billy Donovan's there. Yep, Billy Donovan's there. You know, um, assuming they had a good relationship. Touche. Um, I, I was it's trying dangerous. to think of. I was trying to think of another team that you know I would like. Because if it's me, like I would want to go to a contender. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but. Chicago would probably make sense, and I don't know in the West, honestly, because most of those teams have pretty solid point guards. Phoenix? I would not like him in Phoenix either. I'm just trying to think of teams that would, like, pull the trigger on Russell Westbrook that would need, like, him and and Booker would just be, offensively, that would just be tough. It'd be bananas. It'd be it'd be crazy. Assuming they can play together. Yeah. I think, I think, I mean, look, Russ played with James Harden, and he... From all intents and purposes, enjoyed it. Um, well, until now. Well, I think, no, I think they still enjoy playing. They just don't know what the heck they're doing over there in Houston. The GM and the coach are gone. Um, you don't have anybody over six foot five. So what are we? What are we really doing over here? It would be interesting to see him play with the Pelicans, depending on what they would have to give up to get him. Um, you match him with some of those guys, some of those young, younger talent guys. I think that could be interesting too. To stand, can Stan Van and Russell Westbrook work together? We don't know. That's a good question. Very good question. Yeah, let's let's get a Stephen Adams and Russell Westbrook reunion on the Knicks, and just let's just let's do it. Let's just do Thunder point five with Russell Westbrook in New York. <laughs> okay, see, we back, baby. Tom Thibodeau, yeah, he can might run. as well run it back. Tom Thibodeau can play him 47 minutes a game. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Well, Um, thanks, Ian. Thank you for that. I hadn't hadn't really honestly thought about Russell Westbrook trade uh, scenarios. Mm. Well, unfortunately, that's how we're ending our show, talking about (laughs) Russell Westbrook. (laughs) Unfortunately. Oh, but this was another great episode of the 3 in 1 podcast in Cleveland, Ohio. Mr. Pivot himself, international Ian Lamont Morgan. Great close, Ian. And thank you. In Columbus, by way of Cincinnati, he's still rooting for the home team. It's Keith Turner Jr. Uday. Let's beat the Steelers this week. Maybe. And here in the capital city, by way of a lot of other places, they call me the Black David Aldridge, Malcolm Morgan. And this has been another episode of the 31 podcast we look forward to seeing you all next time <laughs>